I do want people to be booking a call with me to say, I'm really struggling with this at the moment. What would you do? Because that, when you ask for help, that's where success starts. And if I'd have known that 10 years ago, I'd think I'd be a lot further along in business than I am now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're talking about never trust a coach without a coach. That felt like an enthusiastic intro, Andy. That's very enthusiastic. I was pumped. Yeah. You were. It was all downhill from now on. Then? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Poured Pepsi all over myself, and now I'm done. Yeah, so we're not videoing this one. Yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about? That is why I never wear, you never see me wearing light colour tops. Yeah. Because that is very light grey, isn't it? Almost white. Well, now it's got brown That's spots brown, all down it. I'll get you a straw for Christmas. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, coaching, never trust a coach without a coach. Bold statement. Mm, what do we mean? Usain Bolt, fastest man in the world, or when he was the fastest man in the world, he employed a coach. Discuss. Yeah, so I have met multiple people in you life. Have you met Usain Bolt then? No, I haven't met Usain Bolt. Of I've met uh, Dwayne Chambers, the disgraced former 100-metre sprinter. Did he get cleared? No, 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 you have to admit his. But then he, he did get allowed back in after he'd done yeah, his Yeah, after he'd done it two years, yeah. Blimey. I genuinely gave him a race as well. Really? Yeah. Did you win? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> because he let me. So we were both sat in the airport waiting to catch a flight. You're joking. I haven't heard of this one. And um, it was when I went to Canada. So we were both sat in the airport waiting to catch a flight. And I, and I noticed who he was and he saw I right, yeah. noticed who he was. And he was on the wane then. So uh, no one had like bothering him. And then I saw him get up and walk towards Pret, And I said, race you to Pret," and bombed off. And then you he didn't, uh, yeah. And he and he gave chase, and then we had a little chat, and then I bought a sandwich. Fucking hell! What a cool story. But no one knows who Dwayne Chambers is. Well, I but, do. Um, yeah. So. Oh uh, So, but no, I've not met Usain Bolt. But the th- something that grinds my gears, I would say, is when people say, "I don't need a coach." How can someone be a business coach if they haven't been the best in business, or I don't need a coach? I'll teach myself. I've just watched the tennis documentary that by the drive to survive guys, uh, Breakpoint, mm-hmm. and Kyrgios is on it and he doesn't have a coach. And it's so obvious when you're watching it. It's like, imagine if this guy had a coach, he'd mm. smash everyone. Mm. <laughs> he just need like, he'd, I didn't know he didn't have a coach. Yeah. He doesn't have a coach. So he just coaches himself. He's got a manager who's his best mate. Right, and okay. they seem to get pissed together a lot. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but it's like, it could do a sports psychologist and a coach, both forms of coaches. I, I yeah. think you can make the argument for just to show him where he's going wrong, hold him accountable, help point him in the right direction. And yeah, like build from there. I mean, what percentage of super successful athletes have a coach? I mean, it must be like 99% or something. must know. Well, hard. yeah. How, how many self coached, people have made it to the elite and, and there, there's always going to be one or two isn't there but i mean just to just to see things from someone else's perspective you know because life can be complicated but generally speaking people are self-absorbed so somewhere to have a fresh pair of experienced eyes not just any old eyes that can maybe help you identify areas where you could improve things yeah yeah which obviously why it's a big decision, totally understand that. But otherwise, you just go through life just oblivious to the fact that, shit, I could have accomplished all this if only I'd 
known that was a weakness. I mean, what do people, what do people say? Like, like, like nine out of ten people are nice, mm. and and that one person's a cunt. So if you want to remember ten people, and uh, everyone's nice, well, guess what? You're the cunt. Lovely story. That I don't think we've ever seen the C bomb on the, on this podcast. Oh, a- Ali McLean said it. Oh, oh Ali McLean. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, we can say it now. Then brilliant. Um, did he say it lots? Did he? Oh yeah. Oh right. It, it, I, I can't one remember what time. that social media post he put out was, but it was about being a cunt and then being a fat cunt. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. usually the one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I wonder what he thinks about the Roald Dahl thing. Then removing the word fat from. Oh, all they've the backtracked on that, haven't they? So, so is it penguin? I think it's penguin. I think so. Uh, it's penguin or puffin. There's going to be a classic edition, and yes, yeah. But like. <laughs> Should we do I, a podcast on Roald Dahl? Well, who is who's advising these people, right? Because surely the the cultural change in what's acceptable is part of the joy of reading a book. Now, I'm not saying I'm a racist, therefore I want to read racist shit from 50 years ago. That's not what I mean. But what I am saying is in order to learn you cannot, like, gloss over the past. So if children read a book about, I think the Twits was an example, mm. where they talk about someone who's fat and grotesque or something, um, and, and their parents can educate them that, you know, calling someone fat and grotesque is probably not okay. I'm pretty sure when Roald Dahl wrote it, it wasn't okay as well. He's just edgy. You know, some of his stories are about giants eating children. It's not it, like, but it's just a strange thing. Like, who advised them to make it more palatable? The same for people today? Are probably editing the Bible and Shakespeare now. I imagine is that really happening? It makes like when people are telling me that they're well, going to gender neutralise the Bible. Where do you draw the line? I suppose, isn't it? It's like at least the Bible's an evolving text. Yeah. So the the Bible shock for people listening has been changed multiple times throughout history, but well, and I respect was, Shakespeare as as well actually. Well, but, when I was a kid, you know, I was obsessed with them um, Enid Blyton books, and there was one series, not the Famous Five, another one, and the lead character was called Fatty. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and Dennis the Menace must have had loads of stuff yeah, you can't say. Um, is it the Bass Street Kids that's been that, retired now? Yeah, which is Dennis the Menace, right? Yeah, the Beano. Yeah, the yeah, Beano, yeah. 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 So, there's obviously there was a kid with like really sticky out ears and buck teeth and all that kind of stuff. And but that's well, yeah. Let's yeah, not go into the yeah, of th- like, that's definitely a whole podcast because you you can't shield people from the realities of life. And agree, if something comes out now that doesn't that doesn't abide by today's standards and hasn't got a sense of irony or get it, they would, the the publishers might push back and say you might want to consider rephrasing that. And I think but, if if you've got certain views that people know about, your stuff's more likely to get critiqued anyway. So obviously Roald Dahl, Agatha Christie, sort of some sort of yeah, Controver- controversial figures. Views. Yeah, yeah. David Walliams being cancelled a bit now, so people are already having to go at his books, and that's like that's like of now, recent times. The yeah. in betweeners. What's that? Ten years old? Fucking hell. You yeah, watch that now, get made now, you'd yeah. be like, oh, that would happen. you can't call someone gay or... Little Britain. Any, any, little Britain, bloody hell, yeah. So stuff that most people thought was funny when it came out, they're not saying that now. But 
having witnessed those things in my lifetime, I think we knew they were wrong at the time. People are missing the point. Like Jay in The Inbetweeners is meant to be a little prick that says things that are out of order. That's his character. And you've got to worry about comedy, really, haven't you? Now? It's hard, isn't it? Like people, uh, uh, people choose to be offended. Oh, yes. Oh, right. Should we do a podcast on that, though? Probably. On being offended. So, anyway. get on to this? Talk. I don't know. We jumped into Roald Dahl somewhere. Yeah. Identifying strengths and weaknesses. But Well, yeah, having, having right, okay, having a coach, someone who can help you see things from a different perspective, yes. right? What else would you say? You, you mentioned accountability, right? Should we talk about that? Yeah, so I think, um, let, well, let's talk business coaches, because I think that's, that's, you know, roughly what we mean, marketing coach, business coach mentor mm-hmm. but you you go to a coach either because you want to know stuff that you don't already know um which i'd argue is not what a coach is for but that's a, a whole mm-hmm. different thing you go to a coach because you want to learn from them their mistakes rather than make the mistakes yourself love that you go to them because you want someone to hold you accountable because ultimately in an entrepreneurial position there's very few people to hold you accountable but yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually the person that suffers the most is you. So sometimes you need that level of accountability to actually look after yourself. Um, and then you go to do a coach for the alternative perspective, like you said before, to identify the gaps. So I don't fully understand. And unless you're at the, unless you are at the top, if, unless you're Jeff Bezos, and I bet he still has a coach. Exactly, yeah. Someone who doesn't earn as much money as him. Yeah. Like Usain Bolt's coach never won an athletics medal himself when he was an athlete. Yeah. Tony Robbins will have a coach. Mm. And he's like the world's leading coach. He w- there will be people in his life, whether he calls them a coach or not, there will be people in his life that help keep him on track. Because you imagine, yeah, there's probably only one person, or maybe it's Tony Robbins married, he is, isn't he? Yeah. So probably only two people will hold him accountable because no one else, yeah. no one else would. And and everyone needs that. It's a scary word, accountability. But if you if you said this is what you're working towards, to have someone on your side, not just to fucking bollock you, but to keep you on track. Say, yeah, okay, yeah. This is what we've agreed to do together. This is where you want to get to for whatever reason my job is to help keep you on track. And I think that's why you see in sport in particular, a lot of children of successful athletes end up becoming successful athletes themselves because their parents have mm-hmm. a coaching mentality. They, rather than um, telling them what not to do, they point them in the right direction and let them go. Yeah. Um, so like, that's why, you know, Chris, Ju- Chris Eubank Jr. I think of Judy Murray. Yeah, Judy Murray, Andy Murray, Chris Eubank Jr., Chris Eubank Sr., Connor Ben, Nigel Ben. There's bloody loads. The Beckhams. Like, we've seen it time and time again where, and, it, and you see the same in business. Very often, if someone's got an entrepreneurial parent, yeah, they end up being quite entrepreneurial themselves because they've been pointed in the direction of those traits. And what about, I mean, because Usain Bolt, probably even when he was the fastest man in the world, still had areas he had to work on, or I suppose weaknesses for want of a better word. So even but. even as someone who, like neither you nor I are 100-meter experts, but we both know that when he broke the 100-meter record, he actually slowed down at the end because he stood up to look at the timer. So that means he could have run it faster. Mm. And that's what 
ultimately what his coach is there for to say, well, you perhaps didn't get off to as good a start as you can. And actually, when you got within 10 metres of the finish line, you let up. Because you talked um, ages ago about some football match where the score ended up being 7-2 or something. And obviously, that's a that's a brilliant result. You won by 7 But you let two in. what can we do about not letting two goals in? Yeah. Which is a bit harsh, which sort of brings you back to the accountability. Some people don't want that accountability. It's like, well, I've, I've won, so why are you fucking having a go at me? But watching an elite level goalkeeper in a football team, so Premier League or international, not Shrewsbury Town. Um, and if that team's winning 4 0 and he concedes or she concedes, they'll go fucking ape shit because that's a blemish on their record. I mean. And that's the attitude of winners. That's why you have a coach. Yeah. So, um, so weaknesses help identify that. What about, so I remember, I suppose, before before I met you, you know, back in 1800 and something. Makes that joke a lot. I didn't really have much of a sounding ball because um, Emma, you know, she had, had the kids, so Emma became less involved in the business. Sometimes running a business can be a bit of a lonely place and some mm. of you might have these great ideas that could be great or could indeed be crap, but you haven't really got anyone you trust to bounce those ideas off. And it's not just trust, is it? Like we were fortunate to stumble across each other and have mutual respect. So even today, we've both said things that the other disagrees with and we're comfortable to point that out to each other. Whereas, and that obviously with a coach, chances are if you sign up a coach, um, you respect them. So you're going to listen to what they have to say. Whereas... Rightly or wrongly, I know when I was, before I met you, and I did meet you very early in business, actually, but I certainly was the type of person that always thought they were right, and which didn't give me the growth mindset I needed. And um, if, if I was wrong, I would go away and find out how to do it so I never appeared wrong, which is actually not a healthy trait. It's not quite the same as learning how to do things. Um. So I'd find myself in environments where I'd be like, well, you can't criticize me because I know more about this than you. And I did. Mm. But that's not that's not, yeah. not coachable. That's not so, good. So do you think some people, they are uncoachable? Yeah. They might think they want to coach, but actually, well, actually, I mean, we've I've been I've coached in, people that are uncoachable. Yeah, we've been in masterminds who are like, why, why are you paying money? Because you're not listening to any of the advice you're being given. Yeah. You're, you're asking for help. You're being offered it. And then you said, nah, no, couldn't do that. Not in my industry. Not in my town. Et cetera, yeah, et cetera. It's like, even if this head of this mastermind turned around and said, I'll coach you one-to-one for the same price you're paying now. Bet you don't show up to those one-to-one sessions. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to be told is you're wrong. So how do you open your eyes to the possibility that maybe there are weaknesses that with the right guidance you can address and alleviate? I think because the truth is there always will be. You'll You'll never be as good as you could be. But how does someone change their perception of that to realise, actually, this could be worth exploring? Or do you um, think those people are like, no, no, whatever, however they got like that, that ain't never going to change now. So even if they do get a coach, they'll always be pushing custard uphill with a fork. Depends what their focus is. If they're genuinely uh, results-focused, and a result for them might not be financial, it could be more time with their family, it could be buying their dream car, whatever it is. 
if that if that's generally genuinely their main priority people will do anything they can to achieve that and so they're more coachable because you can be like look you carry on like this you ain't ever getting the freedom you mm. want you, you carry on like this you're not going to get the results you want and our coaches talk to us in those terms like well you can keep doing it that way if you want but it ain't going to get the result you're looking for but if it's if your overriding purpose is you always like to be right or you always like to have the last word and you can't get past your own ego with that you can't see the mm. bigger picture you're not going to be coachable till you can so we both remember meeting this guy all very prim and prop in a suit immaculate hair he'd been there done that sold a business for a load of money and he was in this mastermind group and he talked at us so we introduced ourselves he talked at us for about 10 minutes made a couple <laughs> of racial slurs and um straight away both of us knew just by how he talked never asked us a question that is like you ain't gonna get coached here and he lasted i think about two months didn't he he really enjoyed telling us how successful he was Mm -hmm. and well quickest way to wind me up but (laughs) um, but yeah i knew who you're talking about as soon as you said it it's interesting and someone like him i would say would never be coachable because i I just I'd, i'd probably bet a lot of money on the fact that now, even in 10 years' time, be like, no, he still won't be coachable. I'd go as far to say he's nowhere near as successful as he says he is as well. Mm. Because, all right, what are, you in, what are you doing in this room in the first place then? Yeah. It's yeah, it's interesting. We meet a lot of people like that, and I think, you know, people listening to this podcast will meet a lot of people like that that bang on about how well they're doing. Just take it with a pinch of salt. Mm. Oh, I'm really busy, Joel. Oh, how's business? Oh, mad, mad. Was it money uh, shouts and wealth whispers? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you hear that? Don't know. I heard it once and I can't let go of it. It's it's decent. Money shouts and wealth whispers. Yeah. I'll have to nick that one. Yeah. I think people who are truly content with their success don't need to tell people. That's a good thing now. On social, you just nick someone else's quote and put it on a a nice branded uh, social media design and and say you said it yourself. Or in fact, you don't put yourself, you just put it in inverted commas so it looks like you've I've come come under fire for this. I've come under fire for this. So you nicking quotes? No. But our, our motto is stay hungry. And uh, someone attacked me for it the other day, saying, uh, oh, you're only saying that because Anthony Joshua says it. And I thought, well, I think we were saying it before he was anyway. And Steve Jobs But Steve, it Steve Jobs said it before him. And, and then I went all the way back and Alexander Graham Bell said it back in the day. And I was like, like, have a word. It, like, it's not, we're not stealing a quote. But it is interesting, isn't it? Like, you know, when someone says, like, I have a dream. And Andy <laughs> Rout. <you're> like, mm. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where people, yeah, just, I just think naivety, really. But it's, yeah, yeah, that, that, well, it's just laziness, really, isn't it? But maybe that's, you know, I would say those people, when it comes to marketing their business, they could certainly benefit from some coaching. Because I get it's, it's, if you haven't got that sounding board, I've been thinking about doing this, what do you reckon? I'd, I'd straight away be able to say something there, don't do that. I, I've, I've become more coachable, but my coaching journey started with seeking counselling. Um, and I've since met very successful people who haven't had much wrong with their lives who've sought counselling because it, it's part of their mindset coaching. And I think if you haven't got an area of your life that you'd like to build on, you know, if you're not constantly working on yourself one way or another, you're missing a trick. And, you know, people get personal trainers. That's a former coach. 
people get mindset coaches, people have counseling sessions, people have psychologists, people go and see psychiatrists. People go to the GP to ask their opinion because they should know more than you do. There's so many variants on what a coach is. And actually, when you look at it, most people are coachable one way or another. It's just about opening up the possibility of doing that in other areas of your life. It's interesting you mentioned PTs here because um, obviously people go to a PT, generally speaking, to get into better shape or maintain Mm. their current physique. And it ain't a quick fix. And coaching, any kind of coaching, it's an ongoing process. Um, Things change in business. Your priorities change in business. Maybe you want to earn more money next year. Maybe you're not fussed about earning more money, but you'd love to spend more more time with your family and less time Mm. in the business. So it's always adaptable and ongoing. A coach isn't like going to like make you a millionaire tomorrow or, you know. Yeah, and I think that whole like, that's a mistake, isn't it? When you approach a coach and then you're like, I want to copy your templates and make my investment back in three weeks, which lots of coaches do offer that as kind of an incentive. It's not really coaching. That That's like, a little bit of a done-for-you service. And I think if if you're looking for a vault or templates or guides, fine, but that's not looking for a coach. A coach is something different. And, like, I I work with a coach who does have vaults and templates and guides and does workshops and technical things, but also I can just drop him a voice note and say, what do you do when you're really struggling to sleep at night? Or... How are you winding down after a day of 14 hours stood in front of 600 people? So how, how does he um, does he have to deal with, are there, are there people out there who come into his community with a short-sighted approach? They rip everything they can out of the vault and then fuck off. Yeah, loads. And we see that in every coaching program that has a vault. Yeah. It's because those people are looking for the magic pill. I'll copy all of this. I'll rebadge it. That'll do. And then I'll move on to the next thing. The next and, thing. And, yeah. and I don't think that makes you feel particularly fulfilled either. Is is would be the honest answer. You know that might be me sounding like a begrudging coach, but I'm I'm at, I want to coach people who want to build a sense of purpose and self worth and their picture of what success looks like to them. I don't want to coach people who want to make fifty grand now, but then once like they've burnt through that, they want the next trick to make another 50 grand that's not without knowing much about 100 meter running i'd probably say that usain bolt's program was consistent it wasn't oh right i've heard that this this chain method is going to work so now we're going to be doing this and then all oh, right i've heard about this ice bath right we're going to spend a week in an ice bath now whereas a lot of people with the shiny object syndrome they are there right i'm going to rip the vault off here and, and do loads of branded quotes because i've heard that works oh now i'm going to go and do tiktok and a coach can be a bit of a a steadying ship, baby. Usain Bolt would have hundred percent been a four-year plan to Beijing. It was Beijing, wasn't it? I think um, Beijing, Ireland. Where's Beijing? Twenty twelve. It was ba- Beijing was 08 and London was twenty twelve. Yeah, so I think 08, the- he broke the world record, yeah. right? But it would have been a four-year plan to one make sure he was fit for the Olympics because that's a trick in itself. I guess he was a professional mm. athlete, but also to make sure he could run as fast as he possibly could in that event in front of the world. Now, there's, there would have, he's a professional athlete, so there would have been a financial element to mm. that of like, when are we going to have the most eyes on us? What shoes should I wear? Mm. All of that. But that's what the coach would have worked with him on. 
if you're sat with your coach and it's all short term, everything you're mm-hmm. doing is right. What are we going to do for the next two weeks? You, you, you're not going to stick to it. Yeah, consistency is key. And fucking, I know we talk about that a lot now, but consistency, persistency, two of the most important things in both just not just marketing, but also in terms of your mindset growth, your self development. And that's why perhaps a lot of people give up working on themselves, perhaps give up on their marketing and change tact all the time because they're just like, they just, they don't hang in there long enough. You know, we see that a lot now in terms of some of the media platforms we use that people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And it's like, well, actually, I'm not prepared to give a podcast a year. I want to launch a podcast because that's the next shiny thing. And then a month later, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, and, and and no one's actually inquired saying, "Oh, I heard about your podcast. Can I give you some money?" It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we've worked with coaches in the past, which the longest term that they'll plan with you on is ninety days. It's not enough. Yeah, like I, I it's, know, it's more sellable. Yeah, yeah, it's more sellable, more palatable, like mm. more buyable, basically. Yeah. Um, but ultimately even if we get people in on that kind of premise, when we sit them down, I really do want to know, all right, what's all this for? Why are we doing this? Like, what three things do you need to achieve for this to have been a success? And, and like really get into the nitty gritty. And to an extent, I do want people to be booking a call with me to say, I'm really struggling with this at the moment. What would you do? Because that, when you ask for help, that's where success starts. And if I'd have known that 10 years ago, I think I'd be a lot further along in business than I am now. Excellent, excellent. Well, I need to go now. Tony Robbins wants to call me, wants to ask my advice about something. Yeah, so, I'm sure. So what do people need to do to start their journey getting coached by us? Simply visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and that'll get the ball rolling. Wicked. Thanks for listening to the Stay Hungry podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Now, if you're looking to sort your marketing out, visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today.